0: Thank you for coming today, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Boy, I've eaten a lot this week, and I've enjoyed every bite of it, and I've enjoyed being with family, and I've enjoyed so much about this week, and uh, I'm glad that we could be back together again today. I'm so glad that you could be there. Uh, Maybe I say this about most Sundays, but you know, last Sunday I always say is my favorite Sunday of the year. Uh, with all that we have, with, with our missionary speaker and our meal together, and it really was a special week. But, you know, I'm excited about today also. As I've been thinking about Psalm 103, and uh, uh, boy is it a psalm about our heart of thanksgiving, and that we recognize the work of God And we recognize that God is alive and well. And we recognize that God is in control of our world. And that God can help us where we're at. I believe today so strongly that there's not a need here this morning that God is not able to know and to reach out to and to meet today. Our God is an awesome God and He is worthy of our praise and Psalm chapter 103 is a great psalm of praise. I want to speak to you about two sides of of this psalm, or two parts of it. Number one, Psalm 103 is about how God gives us that great opportunity of praise. As I said a little bit ago this morning, I don't know what kind of year you've had. I know there are people here that are hurting deeply, and I know that today. And I know that there's a lot of people that are doing great and they've had a great season already and going to. I know there's a mixture of that. But somehow in the midst of all those things that are there, I have to believe that it's the same God that is with us and will never ever leave us or forsake us and help us in our lives and what's going on with us. I'm so thankful today that God gives us a call to remember A call to remember the blessings of God and never to forget them and to hold on to them. Hold on to them in good times and hold on to them in in tough times that God gives us a great blessing. It is the opportunity of thanksgiving. It is an opportunity of praise. If we have thanksgiving in our hearts, it changes us. It causes us to see life different. To see life through a certain kind of glasses, different than people that have no hope. And today, I just invite you to think about for a few minutes the the wonder and the amazement of these words in Psalm chapter 103 as as we're going to receive communion together at the, at the end of my, my words about Psalm 103. And just want to invite you to, to have in your heart that sense of thanksgiving that, that God calls us to and And reminds us that it's so important. Really, a heart of thanksgiving is important in every twist of life. If ever you get disconnected from a thankful spirit, you you are really drifting away from God. But if you keep a heart of thanksgiving, and it fuels your life, and your attitude, and how you approach your problems how you approach your challenges. If you have a heart of thanksgiving, God will carry you through and carry you in. And somehow God gives you what you need to sense the goodness of life. And I I feel so strongly and believe that about these words in Psalm chapter 103. If you have your Bible and you want to turn along, I'm going to read about half of the Psalm and and, uh, look at some of the things in there and, and invite you. I know that's going out on a limb. I know that. I want to invite you to voice one thing about the benefits of God in your life. That may, for some of you, that might feel challenging. Number one, you don't want to talk in front of everybody. I understand. But I'm going to invite you to do that today. I'm going to invite you to think about what really do I have to be thankful for? What is it that I should recognize from God Himself? And, and you know what? That should fuel me, and that should give me a, a spirit and an attitude about how I look at life, how I look at the future, how I look at my past, how I look at my challenges. When, when you, you have within you this desire to be thankful and to praise God. Boy, David the psalmist had that. Psalm 103. I'm going to read the first uh, uh, 14 verses here. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth... So great is the love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has it removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those that fear Him. For He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The first thing that strikes me about this psalm and this scripture this morning is that our praise is to come from our soul. Our praise is to come from our soul. Our soul is that spiritual part of us that God made within man uniquely in His image. He created us to have a soul that would live forever. He created us so that we would live with Him and know Him and sense His, His love in His hand, not just for the 50 or 90 or 20 or whatever years of this life, but that we would be connected to God forever. He created us with a soul. He made you with a soul. You have not only a physical body, but you have a soul that will last forever. And the psalmist seems to recognize that. David knew that his days were probably coming to an end. His praise, he could have said, my praise comes from my lips, which, you know, that's true too, and there's nothing wrong with saying it that way. He could say, my, my praise comes from my heart, which that's true too. There's, there's nothing untrue about that. You know, or, or praise comes out of my mind and my thinking and, you know, how I perceive God. And, and all that's where praise comes from. But I want you to know something that seems deeper to me is that our praise has got to come from the deepest, deepest, deepest place of who we are. Our soul. That spiritual part of us that God made. It's a place of choice. It's a place that we make a decision of, of what we are going to believe about God and how we're going to respond to Him. A place of the soul connects with God. You might say, well, I connect with God through my brain. I'm sure that's true, or through my actions. And, and all I, I'm not saying that's not true, but I'm saying that the place of praise and the place of connection to God is in a deep place inside of you. And if you ignore that, if you don't listen to what God's saying to you, then you are totally shutting down that part of you that God created. But He made you with a living soul. When when God made man from the dust of the earth, it says He breathed into him and he became a living soul. You are a soul to God. You are a person that He created and He allowed you to be born into this world that He sees forever and ever in eternity. And He wants to be connected to you. And if you ignore that part of your relationship with God, then, then your, your life is hollow. And when it ends, you, it will be missing the most important part of why God created you. The psalmist says, Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Lord, my soul, may it praise you. Genuine praise begins in the deepest place of who you are. Another way he says it, all my inmost being. Lord, help me to praise you with all my inmost being. Every part of me, the good and the bad, the the things that are blessed, the things that have, have been good blessings, the challenges that are there. God wants us to see him as the same God in the midst of that. Understand that God is God. And He's so much far higher than we are. And when we praise Him and we choose to worship God. And we choose to put Him in that place where He deserves. Then we're worshiping Him with all that we are on the inside. Our whole being. In every place. All that I am. The deepest places. One person says that I would be sold out to the fullness of. Of who God is in my praise. So that my praise isn't shallow. No, it's based on Him doing something here for me. Something that I want. Something in my life. But that when I recognize and I worship God, it's for who He is. His nature, His qualities, all the the things that uh, He has done. Sold out. Thankful to God. And David says, praise His holy name. You know, there's a concept in the Jewish people and the Hebrew people and the Old Testament people about the importance of the name of God. That when you speak the name of God, when you hear the name of God, it should elicit something inside of you that's uh, otherworldly. It's so much different than our relationships with one another, with our family, with our friends, with our work. When we think about the name of God, when we hear the name of God, that... Something happens inside of us that we reverently understand how great God is. How awesome the Creator is. And so all of us responds with respect to the name of God. I mean, in the Old Testament, this was so important that even the Hebrew people, the Jewish people had a tradition, the scribes and... The writers, when they wrote the name God in the Hebrew, they didn't put the vowels in. Because they wanted to be sure how careful they were with the name of God. And so that led to the pronunciation of God in different Hebrew ways. You have Elohim and you have Yahweh. There's a whole history and story behind that. But it originated from not having the vowels. And so people read it different and said it different. They were so careful about that, and even to this day, people who, uh, you might, orthodox Jewish people, are very careful when they say the name God. They almost say it quietly and reverently, because they don't want to use it loosely. How exact that matches up to the commandment that we not take the Lord God's name in vain. You know, we don't use it loosely because we're showing disrespect to who God is and and we are respecting Him. Praise His holy name. David had a a sense of that in his praise. Oh, remember the greatness and the worthiness of, of God. And then the fourth thing here that we find just in this second verse here, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not His benefits. Forget not His benefits. And then the list begins of David of the attributes of God. About 20 of them. I'm I'm just going to talk about a few of them. Forget not his benefits. That's really kind of where I want to pause this morning. Forget not his benefits. May I use this one, Jay? Whoever's up there. Oh, I have to push that button. My fingernails aren't long enough. Did that come on? I'm sorry. Uh, this one's easier. How about that one? Thank you. This is where I want to stop. In my, I'm not done yet. But I want to say to you today... Do you remember the benefits of God? Have you thought about lately what God has done for you? Have you thought about the nature of God and all the things that God has done? And do they come to your heart and your mind? In day in daily life? In the challenges of the day and the good things of the day. And is it not good, as David writes, to remember the benefits of God? Remember the awesomeness of God. So, let's take five minutes and have 200 people stand up and say one thing about a benefit in your heart from God. Who's willing to do that? Do it quick. Forgiveness trustworthiness, real fast. One, two, three words are fine. I'm sorry? Strength and health. Redemption. Come on, guys. Uh, somebody's coming from the back. Healing. Inward peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Worry less. Boy, isn't that true? What's that? Put your hand up so I can see you. Okay. Say it again. I'm sorry one more time. Thank you, never forsaken. Thank you. I'm saying in the microphone cuz I want the people that are home to be able to hear it too. Yeah. The promise of heaven. Wow. Something of the Holy Spirit. What? Yes, amen. Be still and know that he is God. We got 3 minutes left. What's that? A Christian worldview. Doesn't that help us when there's so many voices out there? Undying love. Something in security. Thank you. Safety and security. Mercy. Okay. He re He re-gifted you. That was a miracle. That was a miracle. This world, not once, we're dropping back here on end. Thank you for every day. Amen. Thank you. Amen. he will thank you for those that couldn't hear ralph miller praising god six years ago god worked a miracle if you don't know his story ask him he'll he'll tell you it's it's a it's an incredible story i saw part of it and it was amazing uh thank you one more minute Joy in moments, through moments of unhappiness. Thank you. Faithfulness and grace. Amen. Amen. 30 more seconds. I don't want anybody to say, I, you know, some rock had to cry out for me. Velma's comforter. Praise God. Thank you. Provider. Thank you. Oh, he makes all things new. Oh, wow. Anybody else I'll give you another opportunity sometime. Peace the world cannot give. Amen. Anybody else? Okay. Now look at verse 3, would you? Look at David's list. David, like I said, gives us—I don't know—I didn't count them exactly—about twenty attributes and qualities of why he cannot forget the goodness of God. But just look at them. There's so many of them, and and I—I wrote. I think I chose eight on a couple slides and two more verses. But just listen to the attribute of God. The first one is supposed to forgiveness of your sins. David, boy, David had sins. David had sins. And he understood what God's forgiveness was. He embraced it. He didn't make excuses about his sins. He didn't say they weren't a big deal. He didn't say everybody's doing it. He didn't say, you know, these days, everybody's going out and, you know, I'm no worse than the last one. No. David got down on his hands and knees and begged God to forgive him. And then he accepted the grace of God. And he was forgiven. David was a man who was forgiven. And he freely thanked God about how God had forgiven him of his sins. Heals your diseases. He says here, verse 3, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He works righteousness. He's compassionate, David says. He is just. He brings about justice. He's slow to anger. Think about that, David says. I mean, David could really Say that. You know, David deserved... I mean, if you look at God's holy sin... David deserved to be splat. What he did. But God was slow to anger. God sent the prophet Nathan to speak to him about sin in his life. God sent what David needed to confront the sin in his life. You today... God has given you what you need to confront the sin in your life. You choose whether to accept or reject God Himself when you choose to accept or reject the truth that God sends your way. God was slow to anger. David knew that. Oh God, You were merciful. You sent Nathan the prophet to straighten me out. David was thankful for that. Abounding in love. Abounding. I love that word. David said, God's nature and what I know about God, uh, he is so full of love, compassion. He also says he lets go of his anger. I'm skipping through these because I just picked a few of them today. God lets go of his anger. Verse 9 says, He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. God does get angry. He's angry about sin. He must judge sin. But He also lets go of it. He lets go of that anger. He's an example to us of what we should be in forgiving people and forgiving things uh, that others have done to us. He lets go of his anger. He certainly treats us better than we deserve. David says, God's treated me far better than I deserve. What about you? Has God treated you better than you deserve? Two more. Maybe I'll just ask this question. Break this up. Who's the smartest person here? You know I'm going to set you up. You know that. All right, I'm just going to pick somebody. Andy Hibbs. You seem pretty smart to me. How far is the east from the west? Further than Andy can measure. He does a lot of measuring on his job. God removes our sins when they're forgiven as far as the east is from the west. What kind of a God can do that? What kind of a God looks at us and He takes our sins and He will never remember them against us again? When you bring your sins to God and you say, Jesus, you died for my sins. Would you forgive me and cleanse me and take it away? He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Incredible. That enough right there should be so much to help us to have a thankful, ongoing spirit in our hearts and our lives. Thank you, God, that you remove my sins as far as the east is from the west. And the last one, and again, there's 10 more at least. He remembers we are dust. He remembers we are dust. He knows we're dust. What does that mean? You know, He made us. He created Adam out of the dust of the ground. So, But you know, when it comes to our faults and our failings and our mistakes and, and our immaturity and our jumping the gun and uh, being judgmental and thinking we know it all and not really listening and... Uh, relationally, we have an attitude towards somebody that isn't pleasing to God, He knows we're made of dust. And He loves us. and He cares about us. Isn't God worthy of all our praise? Isn't God worthy of everything that we have today? Isn't God worthy of our best worship and praise? Isn't God worthy that we would praise Him from the soul, from the inmost of who we are we're all different about how we praise God I know we sometimes think well praise means you're singing and that's such an important part it's expressing it's really putting God in that place where he deserves to be praised this morning we're going to receive holy communion together if you've not gotten a cup there's some still on the front I hope on the back there's some on both sides so go grab some if you want to Um, There's a box underneath uh, back there. Yeah, they got some. Okay. So grab one if you want to. And we're going to partake of Holy Communion. And and we're going to uh, be thankful today. And, you know, this is often called the table of thanksgiving of all things. The Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist the time of thankfulness. Today I want to invite you, if you are a believer, if you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart to, to be welcome, to join with us in communion, would you stand together today? We practice in our church what's called open communion. It means you don't need to be a member of this church, but a member of the body of Christ, and that you've asked Jesus to forgive you and come into your heart. And so today I'm going to invite you to take the bread and the night that Jesus died, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat for this is my body, which is broken for you. We, we remember with this, we forget not his benefits. We thank you, Jesus, for the benefits of you dying for our sins. And so this morning, I want to invite you to take the bread and break it On the same night that Jesus was betrayed, He took the cup. He gave thanks to the Father. He said, take and drink, for this is the blood of the new covenant. Today, symbolically, I invite you to take the communion and remember the blood of Jesus that He died for your sins. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. Thank you, God, for your holy, holy history of goodness to us. May we embrace that. May we hold on to that. May God, may we especially hold on to that when the ride gets hard. Help us to remember to praise you and be thankful. And recognize your awesomeness, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for joining us online and, uh, Pray you have a good day today. Hope you have a good week. God bless. Come and talk to me about the uh, nativity, and I'd love to get your name on the list. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.